Welcome to Walk on the Wild Side. I'm Crispin Baines, and I'm one of the founding members of The Wild, and I'm also your host for this show. On this episode, we're sitting in our Soho, New York studio, and we're chatting with Charlotte Jap, who's the founder of Circle. Now, authentic intergenerational exchange is important for so many obvious reasons. There's now a groundswell of thinking around this. It's actually about smart people coming up with new ways to do time-honored things. And Charlotte's one of the early pioneers who's actually doing something about it. Circle's a community platform for intergenerational networking, connecting interesting people across the generations for personal and professional growth. Charlotte's a millennial with a deep appreciation for her parents and other older interesting people. And early in her career, she noticed a huge gap between the 20-somethings she worked with and the baby boomers like her parents. They had decades of experience, but, but were forced to retire or start secondary careers due to ageist hiring trends. Enter Circle, an intergenerational platform to close the loop through events in different cities, as well as a membership called Circle Up, which curates monthly one-on-one introductions across the generations. We'll get into all of that and how Circle works, how she started it, and what's coming for Circle in the episode. So please enjoy it. Welcome to Walk on the Wild Side, a podcast where we're meeting the people and the ideas uh, who are uh, helping us to flourish throughout the life course and perhaps leave a legacy to be proud of. Today we're joined by Charlotte Jap from Circle, uh, who's founded a remarkable organization um, that you heard about in, th- in the introductions and, and the bio. Um, it's a pleasure to have Charlotte with us. We met relatively recently at a, uh, a great event that, that Charlotte put on um, at Ashton Applewhite's uh, house, in fact. Uh, Ashton will be coming on the show as well in the near future. It was beautifully curated. It really spoke to me about what Circle is about. Um, it was very organic. It was authentic. And it was uh, it, 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 it's a prescient time that we're um, now trying to come up with new ways, I think, to 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 do old time honored things and get genuine inter- intergenerational exchange going. And, and there's so much good that can come out of that. And I know that's why um, that's why you were motivated to start Circle. So why, why don't we start from the beginning? You know, what what's the story, and uh, how did you how did you come up with this? So I think. Well, first off, thank you for having me on the show. Um, I think as a person, I've always been an old soul. My mom calls me an alter Kopf. She's German. Right. So an old head. Um, and I've always loved hanging out with my parents and their friends. And it helped that they were all very cool people. Um, and I could pick up on that from a young age. Um, but specifically, something really interesting started to happen when I graduated from college and I was going from this bubble of being around, you know, 18, 19, 21, 22 year olds and all the freedom that came with college. And I um, moved back home with my parents. Luckily that was home to the Upper West Side of Manhattan where I grew up. And for me, that was really traumatizing, I think, um, just mentally thinking about, you know, oh, I was going from all this fun, freedom, youth culture, and, you know, because I had a lot of student loan debt that I had to pay back, and I'm still mm-hmm. paying it back, I really didn't have a choice to, but to move home. So um, I was living with my parents, begrudgingly at first, 
And I was very lucky because I got a job pretty quick out of school and I started working at Vice. Um, uh-huh. And Vice, obviously, youth media, you know, this atmosphere of being around um, people who were super creative. There was this freedom, especially because my job title was literally junior creative. So um, right. I was tasked with pitching to brands, different ideas for ways they could work with Vice. And it was really fun at first to be surrounded by all these young people, um, especially, you know, my boss was, you know, in his like early 30s. Um, but I think what started to happen was the the reality set in that I was surrounded by people who were roughly the same age as me and that I wasn't necessarily picking up skills in a way that I was looking to do so. And I, Mm -hmm. at first, was sort of lost, like, wait a second, I graduated Georgetown, so I'm obviously smart, but I graduated with a comparative literature degree, so I have to figure out how to take on these skills that are needed to be in the advertising world. And Mm -hmm. I obviously didn't learn that at school. So I felt this lack of training and mentorship, um, but at the same time, I was lucky because I was living at home with my parents. They themselves um, had worked in advertising in mm-hmm. various ways. My dad kind of was a career um, art director and creative director. Um, and my mom, I think, actually worked with my dad in the early days doing styling for his shoots, but later on took a job um, right. and a career in the art business. So I had their experience to guide me when I really needed it. And it wasn't just, you know, how to think creatively around branding and advertising, but also some of the gray areas that come with working in an office. Uh And I was learning a lot about, you know, how to write a difficult email or have a hard conversation or ask for a raise, like things that are actually really, really important. Um, Yeah. And so that duality of having the older wisdom and experience with all the youth fun and culture and the trends that were coming up, especially working at Vice in Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. um, created this like magic kind of mixture. But I realized that that wasn't the reality for a lot of people. So I think Circle really was born out of that need that I saw for myself and then the need that I started to realize other people had as well. Um, And so the most obvious way that I could provide a solution to that gap was to put those people older, younger into a room together and see what happened and hope that those connections would mimic some of the connections that I had had with my parents and other older people in my life. Right. Um, so the first year of circle was really as simple as creating events that brought people from different generations together. And then from there it's been, really fun to figure out the evolution of it um, and creating what it is now, which is obviously still the events, but now the events are in other cities. And then we also have a membership um, that creates like a more, more direct connection between generations where we actually curate one-on-one matches for mentorship. So, right. Yeah. So that's our origin story. It's, it's a great story and, and, and organic and, you know, you mentioned something that um, I think this type of um, exchange can really benefit. There are gray areas, you know, that um, you don't really know when you're perhaps younger or starting off in your career. And the stuff that you have that only life experience can bring. 
And that's often intangible things and it's pattern recognition and learning the pace of conversation or the pace of negotiation. So, yeah. you know, and, and we don't get taught those things, you know, but you do, you know, and, and so to have a forum where people can pass that on in the most authentic way of just storytelling is it's really cool and i think that's why you're getting such a, a good response it's it's actually good for, for 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 both ends of the exchange yeah and it's great to see how it's grown into cities and 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 and, and the membership model which we'll get into but ha- tell me about the first event like how did it happen <laughs> it's actually funny because the um the first event i was told well i knew that an event needed to happen but i had no idea how to get a space for free how to figure out the booze, how to get people to show up. Um, And so I started just like kind of without even having any of those hard ingredients, started thinking about the brand, you know, what was the name, designed a logo, just started like imagining that it was almost one of the clients that I had at my day job. Right. Um, And I pitched the idea to the Bowery Poetry Club here mm-hmm. on the Bowery. And it was really cool because I discovered just by accident, I had actually gone to a professor, a Georgetown professor's poetry reading there. And I thought the space was so beautiful. And I loved this kind of like culture and community it was uh, supporting. And I looked on the website and they were like, pitch us an idea for an event. And if it supports a community, we'll probably support it and allow you to have it here. So right. uh, I did that. And I think I pitched it on their website in March. And the funny thing is that I thought it was being really suave and I pitched it with my new circle email account Uh that obviously wasn't being used for anything else. And they actually responded to me like maybe two months later and I didn't even see it until like two months after that or something. (laughs) (laughs) So I totally missed it. And, um, and I was so I was so bummed that I was like, please, like I I didn't see this email. It's a new email address. Like, um, just let me, you know, do it. And they were like, oh yeah, sure. Like, let's do it. So June eleventh, twenty eighteen was the first event, uh-huh. and there were so many like little kismet moments that I'm still feeling the ripple effect of today from that event. Um, when I was putting my little pitch deck together for what Circle was, I showed it to my friend John at work at Vice and I was like it's kind of this like thing I've been working on but you're in sales so maybe you have some ideas about how to grow it and make it a real business and he sat through the whole little mini presentation and at the very end he was like so this is crazy my mom is actually in the aging space she's a certified senior advisor she's in Denver and she is definitely someone you need to talk to and so Judy Ruff Shout out to Judy Ruff because she right. came all the way from Denver to the first Circle event. She brought Ashton Applewhite, which obviously has its impact now that like... We yeah, just we wouldn't be here if it wasn't We wouldn't be here, yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. And, um, and so that first event was actually surprisingly well um, attended. I think around like 80-something people came. And wow. it was a cash bar, which we don't do anymore, but it was cool to like... You know, I was like, sorry, I can't pay for your alcohol. You can yeah, do that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and how did you structure the first event? Like, what happened? People show up and then, and then, you know. Yeah. So the first event was different. We had one speaker, Diane uh, DiCostanzo, who was also at Ashton's event. Mm-hmm. Um, she 
is someone I grew up with, another kind of baby boomer that I looked up to. She's my best friend's mom. Um, and she was a perfect example of someone who had experienced one industry over decades. Mm -hmm. So she started off in paperback book publishing, went into women's magazines and basically all the way to where she is now, where she's running a editorial department that works with brands and in the kind of digital media space at Meredith. So she's like someone who's seen it all. And so she gave like a really amazing PowerPoint presentation about her experience in the industry, um, both from the perspective of, you know, per professional development, but also from the perspective of like a working woman. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was just really eye opening. And I think everyone, the whole point was like, whether you are of the same age as Diane or younger, or even older, you're going to learn something because it speaks volumes to how an industry changes and how that happens in other industries as well. Right. Um, but she also spoke a lot about what is happening today in media and how mm -hmm. a lot of these older editors are being kind of pushed out and what that says, you know, all that good stuff. That's kind of interesting to know just if you're engaged in culture. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. There was one more part mm -hmm. to it. So after she gave the presentation, we did um, the circle game. Which we sort of played when we when we broke out into those little groups, right? Okay. So yeah, tell, tell us tell us about it. <laughs> the circle game is uh, basically um, colorful circles that are cut into four quadrants, and um, they're given out at random. Hopefully, the people who receive them um, are not in the same age group. So if you are in the magenta circle. Uh, you'll be paired up with people from maybe like millennial and a boomer and a Gen Z or something. And uh, we pass around conversation starters or we prompt people based off of the speaker talk mm -hmm. or the panel talk, whatever the theme is. And then um, it's kind of it's just funny because, you know, as an event planner, you worry about are people going to have anything to say? But you put someone like Diane or any of these speakers on stage and, you know, put people into a group of four across generations and they can't stop talking. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, so that was the yeah. other part of the event. We still do it at some of the... Yeah, I think it, and that's, it's actually a great way to just give a little bit of structure to the networking. And I think people who are going to come to these events are intrigued and curious, but also kind of get what it's about mm -hmm. and, 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 and want, to, want to engage. But you still need to structure it a little bit just to get get people going. Yeah. So 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 that's an average event now let's say we walk in who's in the room who's showing up. Hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think what's been cool is collecting a community. Mm -hmm. Um so we sent out a newsletter today and it's just nice to know that there's kind of a baked in group of people reading updates and getting invites to the next event. So a lot of those people who turn up um, have some sort of connection to Circle. What's cool is that now it's less because I'm forcing people to be part of it and more because they're reading about it or hearing about it through positive experiences. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's also great is a lot of partnerships have resulted in opening up new groups of people. So um, we've done two events at the wing so that brings in you know the wings membership who might mm -hmm. be interested in a more age diverse mm -hmm. event um 
and then speakers will invite their friends. But in terms of the demographic, it's a really cool mix of people who are really engaged in life. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're working, although a lot of them are still working if they are older, just the reality of how long people are living and, you know, their mindsets today. Um, And it's a a lot of younger people, actually. I think what I've heard is that people are surprised, at least people who are coming from other um, businesses in the aging space and community are surprised at how many millennials are at Circle events. And obviously that comes just because it's my network, being a millennial myself. Um, But it does show that there's a lot of desire and need from the younger side of the age spectrum to connect with older older people. Um, And when they do get an opportunity, they take it, you know, they show up. Yeah. And even just being in the wing in San Francisco, it's so interesting having conversations with girls who are like coming up to me being like, thank you so much for creating this event because I moved to San Francisco from New York and San Francisco is like full of these young techie people. And I miss being around people with other experiences and my own, like they're kind of hungry for it. So, um, I, I like to say that everyone who comes to a circle event is passionate and engaged in something you know there are people who are like down to show up to something after you know at 6 p.m on a monday um and they want to connect you know they're they're not necessarily extroverts but they want they're looking for some sort of community yeah yeah no it's great and and um at, at one of the events how do you know yourself as the organizer how do you know when the magic is happening and how, what does it feel like? Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's usually towards, I mean, that's the beauty of a good speaker presentation or panel or Q&A, whatever it is, because it totally changes the room um, once you start to spark some ideas in the audience or at least kind of share something they may have not heard before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you put them in some sort of facilitated networking exercise, like a group or whatever, the magic is when they won't stop talking. And (laughs) it's really funny because we did the first um, Phoenix event. So this was the first time that two local women, uh, one was 63, one was 27. They approached me and were like, we'd like to kind of lead circle events here locally. So I went down just to babysit the first one. I didn't, you know, want them to be without any, support and um nancy i remember she was leading the breakout at the end of the speaker component and like these groups of four just wouldn't stop (laughs) we were like okay let's bring it back we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna talk about some of the things that came up in our discussions you know and i felt for her because she was like trying to like you know run this thing but we were both kind of like hey it's working. We can't get these people to stop talking to each other. Yeah. And um, that's, I think that's the magic moment when you're yeah. like, this is why this needs to exist. And, uh, and I just hope that, you know, people who are in those little conversations that don't want to stop talking to each other, keep in touch and maybe recreate some version of that on their own. Yeah. It's hard to say what exactly happens, but yeah. <laughs> I think that you're just the spark and the conduit 
and by by virtue of bringing people together in 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 in, in the platform you've created then it, it, the, the magic will come of that you know it's you know i think that fundamentally we do want to connect mm-hmm. with people of diversity and we want to understand different viewpoints and i think that fundamentally we have got a respect for elders and and our and, and people with life experience because of the way we've developed as a species and so and rightly or wrongly there's a lot of reasons why we, you know, we've lost sight of that and you know segregated and and it's great to see that that's coming back and if you put people together then you'll generally find that the the exchange happens mm-hmm. um so let's talk about the future for circle you mentioned that now there's um a multi-cities and there's a, a membership model and Let's just talk talk us through that a little bit. How you see that panning out, and what uh, what you see success, or how you see success with with the with the business. Yeah, I think it's an interesting time because there is a lot of momentum, and I think for now it's about bringing it to cities that are asking for it, and that's kind of like a a cool experience. But it's also sad when people are like, "Why don't you exist in Boston?" or you know Philadelphia or something and it's like I want to come to you we're trying to bring circle there um but I think so it's expanding to cities we're also trying to expand the membership I think for us the membership is kind of like the I don't know how to describe it it's like the thing that actually could turn this into a real thing (laughs) You know, it's the real business. And um, it also delivers on the question of intergenerational connections in a way that the events are. But we don't really know what, like I said, we don't really know what happens afterwards. My dream is that people are staying in touch after an event's over, forming real friendships, real mentorships. Mm -hmm. Um, But the membership is like the real way for people to find someone that is guaranteed to benefit them and that they are guaranteed to benefit in return. Mm -hmm. We're doing this totally human curated process right now. We literally gather a group of circle workers, I guess, volunteers, um, and my co-founder, Jun, and we sit and read through applications and bios and actually think about who needs to meet whom. Like, right, you right. know, instead of walking into a party or a networking event, hoping that you're meeting the right people, we're doing it for you. Right. And um, we want to really see where that goes. And it's funny to do basically the work that an app is doing in the analog way. Like, you know, the way that we're storing data, that we're comparing people and profiles with each other and communicating it's very like analog right now so we're Mm. sort of curious about how to continue making those connections in as human and meaningful of a way as possible Mm -hmm. but being able to scale and bring it to more people right so that is i think success for us like bringing intergenerational connections to as many people as possible right um, and the the question then is like, what is the right way to do it? And um, how do we, you know, it's like, I, I like to think of Circle as bringing the best of the past with the best of the present and the future. Right. So knowing that a lot of people today are a bit um, overwhelmed with technology, you know, that's young people who are like sure. trying to connect yeah. IRL instead of online. 
not just older people. So how do we make sure that we can balance all of these elements together right. um, for the benefit of intergenerational connections at large? Yep. So that I think that's our, our plan. Mm-hmm. And hopefully this can this can just move forward yeah. yeah i think you've already created enough momentum and the fact that people are now contacting you to organize events is telling you telling you that the the proof's in the pudding um so let's say i'm considering coming to a circle event i might be um a millennial millennial i might be um uh, my age in the 40s i might be older um what's the 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 um the best mindset to to approach a circle of an how, how should i approach it just to get the most out of it i might be a little bit you know concerned or fearful of coming to a social event or um i might not be sure what i'm going to get out of it but how would you say is 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 the best way to to approach this i think uh this all comes down to the growth mindset and i know our mutual friend david harry stewart talks about it a lot and it was a big topic at the your best life conference right and i have to say it drives me crazy when people think that they're done learning and obviously um younger people i don't think you'll ever really hear that cuz like you know it's just like oh they're young they're always going to be learning whatever but as people get older and they become successful in a traditional sense they often think that they only have knowledge to give and nothing to receive. So the best way to walk into a circle event is to have an open mind and be ready um, to meet people and to learn something. Mm -hmm. And there's so much power in listening. Mm -hmm. And someone recently told me, apparently this is like an old mom's thing to say but you know you were born with two ears and one mouth and you should listen twice as much as you speak and i think that goes for you know it goes for life but it goes for you know networking meeting new people um mentorship like the idea that there's a mentor and a mentee is so outdated Mm -hmm. um you're seeing a lot of people working for a boss who may be younger than them Mm -hmm. So age doesn't correlate to seniority anymore, and yeah. we always need to learn new things. Um, and so, yeah, it's about that growth mindset. Yeah, I think you're right. And um, Chip Conley, who we both know, um, you know, talks about being as curious as you are wise, and that was one of the the mindsets that he had to get himself into to 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 create sex, success at, uh, at Airbnb when he was there. Mm. Um, and you're right, and I think you 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 also for for um for older people um it, it's um sometimes it's 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 easy to lose sight of the fact that you've actually built up um a set of skills over time and with experience that are valuable and and that younger people do want to hear about and mm-hmm. like like we mentioned at the start you know there's you can do the left brain right brain tango more you can you can recognize patterns you can um get the gist of things more with with life experience and that's not to be underestimated i think that older people who are considering coming to to circle events shouldn't underestimate what they bring to the party totally. um and, and 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 it's it's obvious that younger people do want to hear about that mm-hmm. stuff and, and and it's through the power of story so there's an interesting um theme i'm noticing in the circle up membership applications 
where people across ages will say like in their bio, they're like, I'm not sure if this necessarily qualifies me to be a mentor, but, and then we'll explain some incredible life story, working at the CIA, you know, in the foreign service, all these incredible experiences. Obviously those are more traditionally like successful tropes, but Mm -hmm. even, you know, like a woman saying that she had her third kid by she was 30. It's like, that's, that's experience and knowledge and life lessons that someone else will benefit from. Like it doesn't have to be the crazy success, you know, that you bring down to someone else. Like, right. I think it's just so interesting that it's not, it's everyone thinks that they're not worthy of being a mentor, but like mm-hmm. it always comes back to those stories. Like where you're saying it does, you know, and Mark Friedman writes a lot about this in his books. And this is, this is, a, like I said, so it's getting back to, the way things used to be, you know, we 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 used to spend time with the older members of our community um, to learn how to mm-hmm. hunt and where the pathways were, pathways were, and you know, there's there's lots of little things that are contextual that that can be passed on if you just spend that time together. Yeah. Um. So let's pan out a little bit. One of the subjects that we're, you know, particularly interested in is is ageism and. Um, you know, we, we still, as you know, um, have a problem with ageism in, in in society today. And it's something that you're tackling head on with uh, with Circle um, and, and that we're, tracking, we're, we're tackling with the wild and we, we, we're in, uh, part of the same mission and, and, and have the same values. But um, I'm just one, interested to get your, your view as, as, as a younger person on um, how is, in your mind, is ageing changing? What's what's cool what's like no longer cool <laughs> about looking at aging and and, and 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 older people kind of how do, how do you you and your your friends see see it at the minute mm. yeah i think that the lifespan used to be so segmented like the way that you grew up and aged um you know this idea of retirement it, it just doesn't exist in the same way anymore and I don't think people my age or my friends really imagine themselves retiring in that traditional way. Um, and that segmented view of life where you go through school and work and retirement, um, it really bolsters ageism because then you see people as living in those segments that they prescribe to as they as they are um, you know, in their, in their lives and being with other people that are strictly in those groups themselves. Right. And, you know, I talk, I'm, I'm really interested in like the workplace and how ageism is impacting the modern workplace. And I've thought a lot about this like idea of the gold watch, you know, staying at a company for 25 years, 20 years, and you get the gold watch and it just doesn't like, you know, you're not rewarded for that kind of commitment anymore. Um, so I think what's very out and like not cool anymore is just thinking of um, an en- a means to an end, you know, working at a place in order to retire, in order to do nothing, I guess, for right. hopefully 20 years or something, you know, as long as you can. Um, I think that there is a new emphasis on community. And obviously that's important to me with circle and bringing generations together. But I also think that, um, 
you know, I'm also watching my parent, well, my mom, um, go through, she's obviously working and everything, but, um, we recently lost my dad. So I'm seeing the impact. Thank you. Um, we're seeing the impact of friendships or I'm seeing it in a new way. And I think that a lot of my friends are now fantasizing about like, um, (laughs) not retire, obviously like retirement is changing, but the idea of you're finishing your work in the traditional sense and uh, the best case scenario would basically be living in a huge house with all your best friends. Right. And I don't know if you saw this like article about these women in Asia who are doing that. They're all single and they are living in a beautiful house and they each are responsible for one uh, chore or sort of like offering in the house, cooking, yeah. you know, the interior design, whatever. And um, to me, that sounds great. Like Me too. You know, I yeah. just want to be with people that make me happy and contribute to my life. And, um, I think it's less about retiring with things that, you know, the stuff, the house, the yacht or whatever. Um, and I'm seeing with my mom, like she really misses my dad, obviously, but it's also about the, the idea of a partner and a companion. Right. And I think this idea that, you know, or I, not idea, but a lot of what I'm seeing is like, partnership was very isolated where couples, you know, were had their kids and their families. And then it was just the two husband, wife or partners together. And then, you know, when you lose one, it's, it's devastating because you've kind of cut off all your other ties with your other friends. Mm -hmm. So I think community is just going to become even more important. And that's why you see the rise of uh, members clubs, social clubs. Um, I mean, even, virtual networks too but i think um aging and life will always be about the community and right. the the friends that you keep i think you're right and and again that 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 uh, that, that gets us back to how it was you know traditionally you know yeah. there's a number of reasons why we've separated but you know we do well when we're when we're in our community and it's inter- intergenerational and i think you're right the this notion of gray meaning play is starting to change and the people that went to Woodstock probably don't want to go to Florida and play golf in retirement right. if, uh, if, if indeed they're even, even retiring. And I think that um, um, hopefully by the time I'm older and certainly by the time you're older, <laughs> it'll be a different narrative. Yeah. And, and, and we have to, yeah, you, have to, you have to change that social narrative and you have to, the way you do that is by storytelling and, um, you know, culture changes, regulation, not the other, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that work you mentioned is 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 a, is one of the places we can we can do that. So when when you're older, how would you like to see the workplace look compared to how it is today? Yeah, I think it's going to be really different. Um, on a simple level, I think work is going to become much more accepted as a part of life. I think now there's a struggle between work life balance. And I read an article about how young people are demanding more flexibility, but actually a lot of older workers are also demanding flexibility, but because the younger ones are asking for it, the older ones can get it. Fortunately, that's how the culture is changing. Um, But I think that for better or for worse, the idea that you're doing work if you're sitting in your office chair and that's the only sign of you 
getting things done is going to disappear. I think more and more people are going to be working from home or remotely in other cities. And uh, that's actually a really good thing for the older populations. Um, And I think, I mean, everyone will like it better. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think in general, the workplace is going to look a lot more multi-generational and it, it just needs to because a lot, I mean, like I mentioned, when you exclude a certain group of people by their age, you're really depriving the other people from their experience. Right. And I felt that in a very real way. Um, I don't think I mentioned this, but another big influence for me was that my parents were both aged out of their jobs. And so I really didn't like the idea that I was with all these young people when I knew there was a group of talented, amazing, experienced people who wanted work, um, mm-hmm. but maybe were forced to start their own companies or freelance or consult. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that seems unfair. So I think everyone benefits when you learn from each other and soon the workforce will pick up on it. Yeah. And in order to do so, I think to make younger workers and older workers happy, they need to create a little bit more flexibility in what work looks like. I mean, in the future, people could be like choosing their own days that they work, you know, sure. maybe someday Saturday will be like someone's Monday, who knows? Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it'll be a lot more about designing a life that works um, for your work, <laughs> yeah. but also for yeah. your life and that they're, the divide will be less clear. Yeah. But in a nice way, not in like the you're working all the time way. Yeah, I think you're right. We're we're certainly moving towards that, and companies are starting to embrace the benefits of having age diversity. Mm-hmm. You know, for a lot of people, they they're going to have to continue to work um, because they need to financially. Yeah. Um, but also, technology is liberating, is in a sen- in a sense where we're a little bit more location independent. You can work from different locations. Um, you can work different hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's great work that's happened up at the Columbia Center on, on aging that was run by Ruth Finkelstein, who's, who's coming on the show. And, you know, she's been able to demonstrate remarkable retention in companies that have age diversity. And mm. It's great to see where we're moving towards that. And you're right, you know, you, you, I, I, I don't imagine stopping working because that's what I love doing, yeah. you know. Um, I think my capacities will change as I get older. And um, I'd like to think that there's employers, you know, where I can still add value on a, a, perhaps a little a little bit less time. Um, uh, and I think it's great to see that starting to change. There's a, there's a long way to go still. Yeah. Um, I'm coming back on um, the benefits of... Um, younger people engaging with with older people especially at circle events what are some of the things that you, you and your friends are looking for um perhaps getting um maybe you could explain it in some of the success stories you that have come out of of, of a circle event i'm trying to get a to get a handle on like what's good in it what's good for the 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 younger people yeah i think a lot of where this came from was from more of the professional perspective like what could generations 
learn from each other in a very like skills oriented way. But I think as a nice surprise, the way that circle wins is actually in the more interpersonal and like life lesson domain. Um, So we just had our first for circle up the membership. We just had our first cohort. And so I haven't gotten like all the results back yet, but I have gotten a lot of great feedback um, on just the quality of matches and how, um, people's life stories were really inspiring to each other and they were really excited to kind of dig in and meet up. Um, I think there have been really surprising ways. The story is just coming to mind, but um, so this isn't like necessarily cross-generational, but I thought it was really fascinating. Um, We did this event about love and romance across ages in San Francisco and we actually are bringing it to New York because it did so well. So these uh, two best friends, Inez is 70, 70, 71. Uh, And Amanda just turned, I think, 32. They're best friends. They met swing dancing. They've traveled all over the world together. And they did this talk about their friendship and how um, the fact that they're friends across decades, but not mother-daughter, Mm-hmm. allowed them to have this kind of like learning experience and kind of get a you know context on like what they're experiencing in a different way. Inez, the older one, um she's a widow, so her experience is like almost fish out of water getting back into dating for the first time in a while and getting on the apps which she promptly deleted. Right. And Amanda actually just got engaged to a man she met on Bumble. So, um Basically, their conversation was so incredible because there are so many similarities, like ghosting. Right. Ghosting happens to people whether you're 70 or whether you're 30. Just um, for people that don't know what ghosting is, can you just explain? <laughs> ghosting is when you're dating someone um, and out of nowhere, for no seeming reason, they disappear on you right. and they stop responding to your messages or calls. Um, and it's just interesting because it's a sign of the times more than an age group. Right. It's just, yeah. or maybe and it was happening to both. People. It was happening to both. Yeah. Right. Right. It happened to both. Um, and so a really lovely story that came out of that event was that Inez got on a bus in San Francisco and she ran into a woman who approached her and said, I saw you speak at the circle event at the wing. And I just wanted to tell you as someone who is basically the same age, uh, your experience being a woman who's actively dating um, after 30 years of marriage was so inspiring to me because I thought I was done. Like, you know, closed for business, never going on another date in my life. I think it had been like 15 years since this woman went on a date at least. Right. And so even in the same generation, having the cross-generational conversation brought up a lot of visibility to uh, what it means to age for people who are the same generation. Right. Um, And then I'm trying to think of more specific, like cross-generational stories. Um, But I think just across the board, it's people are just shocked at how much they're enjoying the experience. Yeah. And even people like my brother's friends who, I think they came to like the first event all that time ago, 
just to be nice to me and then left <laughs> being like, wow, I really learned a lot. Yeah. And I have a totally different take on the value of having an older friend. Right. So that to me is like a win. That's like a very... That's the magic happening there. Yeah. Anyway. I think you just made me think of something that, you know, with this when you, you put people together in an authentic way like that and it's not contrived and like you just you, you you're, you're sort of structuring it but you're saying here's a here's a place where you can meet and we're just going to see what happens mm-hmm. you know and we're going to let we're just going to let it flow um you 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 put older and, and younger people together um and people perhaps come in because they're interested in why what the differences are and then it seems to me that through the exchange, one of the gifts is that you realize that what are the similarities are, like mm-hmm. the dating example. And I think that might be a beautiful gift of, of doing it, that you get to realize that actually we're not that different. You know, we're just older versions of the same person. Yeah. And we deal with the same things. We might have a different point of view on it, and it's great to share that or a different, you know, a different experience on it. But that, that's that's a beautiful part of of what you're doing I think Mm -hmm. that we realize that we're actually quite similar yeah it was funny I was talking to David um Harry Stewart and I was telling him a story of speaking of dating telling him a story of when a guy broke up with me because um sounds really crazy but he is so in belief that the world is doomed that he already knows he doesn't want kids and so it was like a month into dating and he was like, just so you know, if you want kids, like <laughs> okay. we need to exit this relationship uh, now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, at the time that I was talking to David about it, I was so distraught and I was like, I don't get it. Like, you know, is my view of the world like so optimistic and that, you know, out of touch or something or what, you know, what's the disconnect here? And he was like, believe me. Like in the 70s, we were still thinking the world would end and people were having the same conversation about not having kids and bringing people into this world even then. And we're here now. So so not much changes. So not yeah. much changes. And I was like, you know, I was thinking it was such a generational thing. But um, turns out, you know, this this doomed outlook <laughs> on the world. It's been around for a while. Yeah. As has enjoyment and having fun. And so I guess you yeah. got to try and find people um, that are um, slightly more optimistic, perhaps. Yeah. Um, so um, let's talk about you for a minute. One of the questions I like to ask the, our, our guests is, uh, who, who are your heroes and, 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 and why? I guess I have to start, well, let's see. The first person that I should probably mention is my dad. I think... So this is funny. When I was 16, he told me that he was more cool than I would ever be. And <laughs> he I mean, he was. <laughs> and um I think I'm sure he's pretty proud of you right now. Yeah, I mean, he he came to the first circle event, so that was a really nice moment. I gave him a really big shout out then. But um I think he really showed me or told me so much about his life and um, you know, he's, he was English. He grew up in London, um, told me about the swinging sixties and he, um, moved to Paris in the seventies when he was 25 or yeah, around the early seventies and, um, and just had like an incredible 
career and life of all these crazy things and like constant transitions and reinventing himself and living in Paris for 20 years and then moving to New York where he lived for another 25 years or something. So just, right. I think, opened my mind to this idea that there's a, a beginning and an end of life and what you do in the middle is really up to you to just Absolutely. Yeah. figure yeah. it out, be with the people you want to be with, learn as much as you can, um, you know, try things. So I, I really respected that. Um, you know, I still do. And then um, I think I, so here's a good example. I have always been really interested in art and architecture and that probably comes from my parents and my mom sort of bringing me up in that world. She um, is basically an expert in 20th century design. So I always loved reading biographies about creative people, you know, and even the ones that are kind of like shunned from society now, like Bob Dylan and Picasso, like fascinating people, you know. Um, but I recently went to Taliesin West in Arizona, in Phoenix, and that's a Frank Lloyd Wright structure. And it was actually his school where they went in the winter months because right. in the summer they were in Wisconsin. And I think just as an example of like someone who had this thinking um, that you should really live and work in a way that is cohesive um, and holistic. And his apprenticeship was so fascinating. He had Taliesin West and had a lot of fancy clients and um, important people who just wanted to come and hang out with him in the desert, basically. Right. And um, the apprentices who were, you know, working on their drafting all day would be part of these parties that they would throw in the main room and half of the apprentices would work so they would be cooking and serving the cocktails and then half of them were sent to just schmooze with all right, these amazing yeah, people yeah. and so i think to me like that is such a perfect example of um design thinking and culture and society coming together for something that just works across the board you know everyone's getting something out of that even yeah. these impressive presidents of countries you know who are coming to hang out with frank lloyd wright are probably getting something from the apprentices and the apprentices are definitely getting something out yeah. of their yeah. exchange yeah. um so i think a lot of kind of architects and artists like that have always been inspiration yeah to me yeah. um and a lot of, and especially around like the mid-century yeah that's great i mean i love the um um, I love the Frank Lloyd Wright example. Uh, I, I also love how your dad's an inspiration and, and this notion of transitions and giving yourself, I mean, he sounds like he was a natural, so what a great role model. But this notion of giving yourself permission to have transitions and be curious and try new things um, as you, throughout the life life course, but especially as you get older, is something that we advocate, advocate for the wild. Mm -hmm. Um be be just because it's it's good good to do that you know on on many levels and you know somebody who's 70 today has hopefully got a good 30 years of health health span ahead of yeah. them and, you know how do you repurpose for that how do you re-engineer for that and how do you approach it and it's great to see that there's a, a sort of a groundswell movement now of people who are helping 
with the permission part of it and, yeah. and helping with the empowerment part of it. People like David Harry Stewart and Chip Connolly and, um, uh, and, and I think that circle plays a part in that as well. Going back to what we said earlier, where you, you're now giving people a forum to come and be valued for their life experience, uh, have fun, um, realize that, you know, the stuff that some of the, the human stuff that we all have is the same as, 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 as across, across the ages. Um, but I think that some of the good stuff that's going to come out of Circle is you're going to empower older people just by the fact that they get to um, get to realize how cool they are um, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the, the, the potential they have. And, and I think that uh, would, would you agree that's 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 something that, that, that you're hopeful for? Yeah, I want them to see themselves the way I see them. It's like and a lot of other people my age, there's so much. um admiration for someone who's lived you know truly lived um you can't you can't buy that kind of knowledge in a degree (laughs) or in a book you know that's just firsthand knowledge uh so charlotte look i I know that it, it it takes a village with these things and um you've been running it yourself and with a great startup mentality and there's there's something that's empowering and encouraging around that in your story um, for people of all ages and you know we we want to encourage anybody who wants to do a startup to do it especially um, um, if, if you're older in fact there's stats that say that older entrepreneurs for a number of reasons have got a, a higher success rate yeah over 40 I think you're twice as likely to succeed absolutely yeah <laughs> but um, it, it does take a village and you know who, who are some of the people that have that have helped you along so far and 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 uh, and, and and perhaps deserve some recognition yeah I should definitely shout out John Young, uh, my co-founder, and he came on last April and has been so wonderful to kind of share everything with. Like when you're on your own going through the notions of starting a business, it's kind of like, yay, by yourself and like, oh, no, by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's been really nice to have someone um, to help me and be kind of the business brain uh, to balance me out. But then um, I have... You know, a big part of Circle's philosophy is the personal advisory board. So instead of having a mentor, you uh, have a lot of advisors who sit on your board and who fulfill different needs or answer different questions or teach you different things. Um, So on mine, I have some key people. Um, I'll just list them. So Erica Lewis uh, worked with me at Live Nation, and she is one of the founders of Grits and Biscuits, which is a really... Um, successful traveling party, basically. So she's kind of taught me how to have a side hustle while at Live Nation because she was doing it herself with her own event series outside of work. Um, David Harry Stewart, I've mentioned, um, we knew each other back when we were strictly advertising. He was a photographer and I was the copywriter on set. And that's how we met. Right, right. Um, yeah, I know David's a, a, a really big fan of you and what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, and he's been so great just, you know, helping me, giving me little boosts and putting me on stage at YBL. And, yeah, super grateful. Um, and then we have, well, I have to give a special mention to Marcy Alboer. So Marcy and I met through the Encore.org network, which, funny enough, I met Marcy through Ashton. Because right. Ashton brought me to an encore happy hour, and right. Marcy and I connected immediately, and 
she is to me in the true sense a uh, a friend and a mentor and she says that I mentor her right back and we'll get yoga and then breakfast at the Marlton and it's the best Saturday morning tradition <laughs> ever yeah um but she's you know she herself has transitioned from being a lawyer to going into the nonprofit space and um She's on her second marriage, and so there's so much that I learned from her about relationships and how to deal with people and career and finding kind of meaning in life. Um, and she wrote the New York Times article, so that changed a right. lot of things yeah. for me. Yeah, which is a great a great article. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. that would yeah. be great. Um, and we were just talking about Cindy Gallup, and Cindy and I have never met, but we've given each other some love on LinkedIn and Twitter. So I just, uh, I'm a big fan and hope to meet her one day. Yeah. Cindy's great. And she's, um, she's, she's achieved so much and has just got a great voice. And, um, it doesn't surprise me that she's a fan of your work and she's coming on the show. Um, can't wait to listen on the show. And so, yeah, I, I, I love that. And it's great that you're, um, met key people who are helping you along. And, that in itself is it speaks to the DNA of Circle. You're walking the talk. You are the company you keep. Absolutely right. Yeah, For absolutely. Sure. What one question that just came to mind? So you mentioned the, the, this concept of a personal advisory board. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wanted to set that up for themselves, how would you how would you go about doing it? I think uh, the best way to ask someone to meet up for picking their brain is basically knowing what you want to ask. And apparently there's an article about why you shouldn't ask to pick someone's brain, quote unquote. So I've stopped using that language. But um, essentially, your personal advisory board is a bunch of people who have different expertise. And you know that in order to achieve your goal, you need to have a little bit of all of those expertise. So um, it's really about making the effort, making it easy to (laughs) meet up with someone and if you make it clear what your challenge is or what this thing is that you're trying to achieve, they're more likely to help you or to, to really like stick their neck out and help you. Um, so about a year ago, I made a vow to myself that I would meet one person each week who is smarter than me about something. And they didn't necessarily need to be older than me. They could also be younger so long as they could teach me something that would help me progress circle. So uh, how would you go about setting up your own advisory board, personal advisory board then? Um, it, it's, it's amazing what you can get from having that different perspective. I think yeah. it's, um, and, and perhaps that's something that, that, that circle can bring. You could meet people who could potentially become friends and be, be on your, on your advisory, uh, advisory board and, and vice versa. Yeah, definitely. And I think, that's why Circle Up is structured the way that it is, where you get a new match every month. So it's the point isn't to meet one amazing person and be done with it. The point is to keep expanding your network and to have that new introduction on the first so that you can have that connection, learn from them, teach them, and then you know meet someone new the next month. Um, because, I, yeah, again, you need to have that mindset of growth and um, – meeting new people constantly right. is how you get there right and just on that so circle up that's um just the, what's the, what are the mechanics of that how does it work so you apply on the circle website um it's circle.world slash 
circle-up, or you'll find it on the homepage. And there's an application that's basically a way for us to get to know you. So what are the skills that you've mastered? What are skills that you want to learn? Uh, what's your story? And a few other details, you know, about what kind of um, match you're looking for, someone older, someone younger, if there's a gender preference, all that stuff. And right now we're just in New York. So unfortunately, we've had a lot of applicants that are not based in the city, but hopefully soon we'll be in other regions. So when you're accepted, then um, you choose your payment plan. We have a monthly service or six months or an on annual basis. And then um, once you're in, we get to work and we match you on the first of every month. So I like to think of it as Christmas morning. So every okay, right. yeah. every first of the month, you wake up and there's um, a very, very personalized introduction in your inbox. Um, we write a custom bio for you. We lay out some conversation starters based on the information we have about you and your match um, and the reason why we put you two together. And then you actually get a free drink on us if you meet up. And our partner is Le Colonial Restaurant on East 57th Street. And then you get free access to all of our events. So it kind of just pays for itself right? and tickets. Right. Um, so you, you physically go and meet with the match. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's why we like to keep it localized city by city. Otherwise, um, you know, virtual is something that we're thinking about. It's obviously more flexible and... Um, we are in the tech age, so it should work. But there's something really special about a face-to-face -face meeting. Um, and so that's, you know, we've had amazing kind of feedback so far on how people are doing. Um, but it is like a matchmaker, a cross-generational matchmaker. And, uh, and the beauty is that the events become places where these matches and these new connections um, can see each other again, but within like maybe a more informal context right right i think that's wonderful and that's and it's bringing it's using technology to bring people together mm -hmm. and uh, you're screening and and um you know i would encourage anybody that's listening um that's something you've got to give a go just one time yeah you know i don't think there's there's anything um uh, there's there's only good to, that could be gained from that so well, we've got to bring it to a close now we've been chatting for for a little while and I could keep on chatting for, for hours. It's fascinating. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll do more, more shows <laughs> together and perhaps with some, some shared guests. Yeah. Um, but you know, before I, um, ask the last couple of questions, um, how, uh, how and where can our listeners find you online? So our website is circle.world, C-I-R-K-E-L.world. Our Instagram is C-I-R.K-E-L. Um, Twitter is circle underscore world and Facebook is hello circle with an A instead of an E for hello. Um, yeah, please sign up for the newsletter, which you can do on the website. That's really the best way to get invites to really sick parties. Okay, perfect. That's that's what more of a of an invitation does or motivation <laughs> does does one need? And I'd recommend having been to a circle event recently and and, and plan to come to many more. I'd I'd recommend anybody just to come and show up and bring bring that mindset we talked about and um and and take part in the magic as it's happening. And um, so what, in terms of the legacy, it's, a, it's something we talk about on on uh, on the show and with with. Um, with our friends at the wild, what, what, what do you want the legacy? Or how would you like the legacy of, of, of Circle to look like? When, when you're finished or when you look back on it, what, how, do you, how do you want it to, 
to to look? I would love for Circle to be the intergenerational brand um, that sort of embodies a very inclusive, in every sense, uh, identity and that people associate with some of their best conversations and their most meaningful friends and some of their most fun party experiences. Um, I think it's sort of starting to happen. I think it's really cool when people find Circle just because they're looking for something intergenerational um, at a, at a, on a very broad level, and then they find Circle, and I'm just in disbelief that that's even happening. Um, and I also think, for me, so much of Circle has come out of a design mentality and trying to imagine a better version of society um, and the way people live. And that you can take design from an aesthetic point of view and, the you know, basically finding solutions to problems in a visual way and apply it to how people connect with each other. And um, so I want sort of design to always be part of Circle's legacy and um, for that mindfulness of connecting with the people that you can grow from to be part of the brand as well. Right. I think that's that would be a fantastic legacy, and um, it sounds like you're um, well on the way to achieving that. And um, the last question that I, I ask all of our guests is, you know, now this is a, um, you know, it's a show about um, helping people to flourish and, and and leave a legacy. And what we realise is that you know, a, a databases or search engines are good at giving us the answers, but often. Um, it's about the questions that we should ask ourselves, and it, it, when when looking at how to to age well and and live well, um, what do you think is a good question that we should all ask ourselves to set ourselves on the right course and you know really um, uh, approach things um, the right way? I think people could imagine themselves sitting in a comfortable chair one day um and you know down the down the line and ask themselves what is the story of their life or what do they want that story to be that they tell and what do you need to do today to fill in those gaps and I've started asking myself those questions more recently throughout this whole journey with Circle. And I definitely think that I am and will be doing things a little differently. Um, and, you know, the story, you know, our lives are just really a series of stories and um, you need to really find the parts of life and experience that will make you proud and happy with what you've done. I think that's a fantastic answer. And and I haven't had that answer before. Really? It's a wonderful one, but you're right. It's, it's about the story. What do you want your story to be? And what are you, what are you going to do today to, to, to start to write that story? That's the gift of life. And, um, and I think it's, 
what you've set out to achieve with Circle is such has come at such a good time. It's very prescient. You know, it's now it's part of your story, mm-hmm. and it's now becoming the part of other people's stories. And through the node effect, it's going to have more and more success. Um, so I couldn't, I can't thank you enough for that. I think the what what you've created is, is beautiful. It's organic. It's authentic, and you come across that way as well. I think that's why it's it's working really well. Um, so all that remains for me to say is thank you for, for coming on the show, um, being a great guest. Thank you for your work and look forward to seeing and hearing lots more come from, from you and from, uh, and from Circle. Thank you, Crispin. This has been very fun. Appreciate it. So thanks to Charlotte for that great conversation. Clearly great things happening at Circle and and lots more coming. She's just at the start uh, and the early response has just been magnificent. We're looking forward to lots of partnership with the wild as we grow together. You can find Charlotte at circle.world, that's C-I-R-K-E-L. And you can find us at wildpeople.com or at Instagram at wildpeople. Thanks for listening and stay wild.